What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Joy Tucker on today's episode. I am so excited. This is an update episode, and her original episode was episode 192, and it aired on June 3rd of 2020. So we have almost come full circle here, and I'm just so excited for her to fill us in on what's happened since her last episode to now. So, Joy, I am just going to toss it at you and fill us in. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to update. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so anyways, yes. So as Shelly said, I was here um, last year, uh, you know, just talking about like my miscarriage uh, experience, which we had had three losses. Um, and we were kind of on the cusp of accepting that this is what was going to happen. Um, and just kind of being okay with it. And so I was grateful to be able to share our story. Um, at the time, we had just found out that we were expecting, but we weren't really sure what was going on, um, if it was going to be a successful pregnancy or whatever. So we just kind of, just, you know, kind of kept it under wraps um, to kind of see what happened. And so... Um, Let's just kind of rewind, obviously. So in June, well, it was, it was May. May, I found out I was pregnant um, for the sixth time, seventh time, seventh time, sixth time. I had to keep up. Um, so I have two living children at the time, and then we had three losses. So it would be my sixth time being pregnant. And um, we were in the middle of a pandemic, obviously, because the pandemic had just, you know, happened. Um, transitioning with work and, you know, my kids being online and remote and things like that. And so it was just kind of just a chaotic time. So, um, anyways, um, I found out and it was an, an odd way that I found out. I actually, um, had got a recommendation from a friend on Instagram who had saw my story and my posts and things like that. And she was like, Hey, you know, there's this, um, really awesome doula who makes this amazing tea. And she's had a really, you know, a lot of success with getting people pregnant, you know, maybe you should reach out to her and, you know, buy some of the tea and, you know, kind of go from there. And I kept thinking, well, you know, I've got nothing else to lose, you know, what the hell? So I ordered the tea and the tea arrived. Um, I ordered it in April. And so then it arrived, like it, it took like three weeks to arrive. So when it arrived, it says on the bottle, do not take it if you're pregnant. I didn't think that I was. And so I said, I think I had taken like two cups of it. And then I was like, well, let me just take a test just to, you know, just to make sure, you know, I don't want to mess anything up. And so anyways, I went and took the test and it said it was positive. And I was like, what? Really? Seriously? So I didn't tell my husband at first. I kind of was just processing, you know, the fact that like this test was positive and I kind of, I had to let that sink in because again, you know, we were trying, but it was like, whenever it happened, it happened. I mean, the last time that I had been pregnant prior to that 
was probably over a year before that. And so it was kind of crazy that, you know, this stuff was positive. So anyways, a couple weeks later, my husband and I were like exercising, we're riding our bikes, just kind of, you know, just us time. And I said, you know, I'm pregnant, right? And he was like, no, how would I know that? <laughs> and we kind of just laughed about it. And he said, well, how long have you known? I said, no, for a couple weeks. Because at that time I was six weeks and I had found out when I was like around four. So I kept it under wraps for about two weeks from him. And he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? And I said, you know, I said, I just, I guess I felt like I was kind of protecting you and understanding what we have been through in the past. And I, you know, I didn't want him to get his hopes up. I didn't want to get my hopes up. We were kind of just accepting things for what they were and just not trying to get excited and just kind of like, you know, okay, whatever happens, happens. So I remember I scheduled my doctor's appointment, but I scheduled it for when I would be around nine weeks because every time prior to that, when I had went to the doctor, you know, we went about six or seven weeks, they confirmed the pregnancy, we heard the heartbeat and we got excited and, you know, then, you know, come to find out, you know, the baby would pass away before eight weeks. And so it was like, I didn't want to experience that and allow myself to get excited if the baby wasn't going to be a viable pregnancy. So scheduled it for nine weeks and kind of put it to the back of my mind. Um, I went to my nine week appointment and my doctor was like, okay, well, you know, are you trying? And I said, you know, you know, we're at, and she's like, yeah, you know, I understand you're trying. And so she said, this is a natural, you know, pregnancy. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so she's like, okay. So she has the, the ultrasound screen. Of course it's facing her and I'm laying there and I'm like, just tell me, you know, in my mind, I'm like, just tell me, you know, it's not a viable pregnancy when the DNC is scheduled. I was like, let's just get this over with. So she's doing, you know, the, the vaginal ultrasound and it's facing her and she's really quiet. And so I'm sitting there and like, it's the longest, you know, couple seconds of my life, few minutes of my life. So she turns the screen to me and she goes, okay, well, yeah. So there's the baby right there. And it was measuring on time. Um, it was perfect. It had a little heartbeat and I immediately burst into tears because I was like, this is not what I expected. And I couldn't really process it in that moment. I was still, you know, not allowing myself to get excited. And so she was like, you don't have to be excited. She's like, I'm going to be excited because she knew, you know, that we had had three losses and, you know, she had experienced two of those with us. And so, you know, she understood our journey and she understood what we wanted. And so she was super excited. She's like, can I give you a hug? I'm like, absolutely. Um, so I leave the doctor's office, I immediately call my husband and I'm like, so, you know, and I explained to him what she said and he's like, oh, okay, well, that's good. And I was like, yeah, we're still not excited. We're still not, you know, getting hopeful. We're still, well, he's hopeful. You know, I'm still kind of like, you know, a little guarded, a little, you know, okay, let me just put my brakes. Let me not get too excited here. So she says, come back in a couple of weeks and we'll just make sure the baby's growing the way she's supposed, he or she is supposed to. So come back, um, in a couple of weeks, baby's still growing the way that it's supposed to. And every single time that, you know, we had an ultrasound or, you know, doctor's appointment, I'm just like, huh, every time she tells me, you know, baby's good or whatever. So then I get referred to a, um, a high risk doctor. So basically because of my losses and then also because of my age, you know, at that time, you know, I was 36. And so they sent me to a high risk doctor. And so she was delightful. Of course she did ultrasounds and things like that. And so it was just like, 
having to balance the two doctors was a lot, you know, for months. And so every time that I had an ultrasound, it would be at the high risk doctor. Um, she did the measurements and things like that. I had had like tests done and one of the tests came back in inconclusive because I had had it done too early. So basically it was saying that the baby had like birth defects and things like that. And so we just kind of monitored her every, or we monitored the baby every, um, um, appointment that I had with the high risk doctor. And so she's like, you know, baby's growing the way it's supposed to, head looks good, you know, body looks good and things like that. And so this was like, we didn't tell anybody for a long time. I mean, I remember being like around 19 weeks and my daughter turned six. And so her sixth birthday is in August. And then my 37th is in August as well. And so I remember it was her birthday and she was, you know, we had told the kids at like 15 weeks, because again, we didn't want them to get excited and, you know, have to tell them all over again. So we kind of started slowly telling people and that was at 15 weeks and we told our kids first. And then her birthday, you know, fast forward like a month later, she was chomping at the bits to tell people. She was so excited. Like, I'm going to tell people I'm going to be a big sister. Like, they're going to be so excited. Like, I just want to, I just want to tell someone. And I was like, okay. And so I asked her, I said, you know, would your birthday, what do you think about that? You know, I'd had this big sister shirt for her for, I bought it for her when she was little, because that was always the plan was for us to, you know, expand our family. The shirt was almost too small, but we were like, we're going with it because this is what we got. So we put her shirt on and I remember the day before that, my sister, you know, every time I had an appointment, she would talk to me and she would say, okay, how are things going? How are you feeling? Baby's doing good. Baby's growing, you know, things like that. And she was like, okay, well, when are you going to allow yourself to accept this and to process this and to be happy about it? And when she said that, it was such a profound moment because up until that point, I was kind of just going through the motions and I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant, you know, whatever, this baby's going to be here, whatever. And we found out like probably at like, you know, 12 weeks, maybe 15 weeks that it was a girl. And so that was kind of, okay, we're, we're having, you know, having another girl. Cause you know, again, she's our tiebreaker. We have one of each, you know, prior to her. But in that moment, you know, my sister made a valid point that I hadn't allowed myself to be happy and hadn't allowed myself to really process it. My husband had accepted it at this point. He was super excited. You know, he was, he was happy. Um, and we were just, you know, feeling different things. It's very, very different to be on this side of, you know, after, after loss, pregnancy, after loss, I've been on both sides at this point. I know what it feels like to have the naivety of, everything's going to be fine. And I also know what it's like to have the fear of things going wrong. So that was kind of in my mind and I didn't want to have my heart be broken again is really what it boiled down to. So I started to slowly allow myself to kind of accept it and be okay. Cause every appointment I went to, you know, they would check and, you know, put the Doppler on my belly and her heart, her heart rate was so strong. And this little girl was determined to come into this world. And so we started, you know, of course, like getting ready, had a baby shower. We didn't really need much. We needed like diapers and things like that. I had kept all of my daughter's stuff, you know, just in case we had another girl and we lucked out and, you know, that we ended up, you know, getting pregnant with a girl. Um, so basically 
we had, we didn't have to buy any clothes or anything like that. We just needed like, you know, diapers and things. And so, um, we needed a crib, you know, cause we had gotten rid of our crib cause you know, it'd been six years, you know? So, um, our family and friends are amazing. They bought everything off of our registry, everything off of our registry. So we didn't have to buy anything. Um, and they celebrated us and they were thrilled. You know, we finally made the announcement on Facebook and this was like literally after we told friends and close friends and family, like I, you know, told my, my mom, mother-in-law and my father-in-law and, you know, anybody that was close to us that we felt like needed to know, we told them right away. Um, which was basically like right before we posted it on Facebook, which was right away for me. So, um, after that, we had our baby showers and stuff. We were, we were thrilled. We were ready to go. And so my other two kids came at 37 weeks and kind of figured she would too. Um, I had gestational diabetes, which was diagnosed like at 28 weeks. And so I had to, um, check my sugar, you know, four times a day. And so that was kind of a thing. It was very different. Um, and when I failed my glucose test, I felt it was flying colors. I mean, it was like, you know, if, if anybody could do it, you know, if you're going to, you know, here in Texas, go big or, or go home, you know? So, um, I did that. And then basically, um, that was my life until I had her. And then I went to my doctor at my it was like a little over 37 weeks appointment. And she was like, well, I don't think this baby's going to come, you know, like the other ones did. And I was like, okay. And so literally I left her office and I started having contractions and, you know, nothing serious. I thought it was Braxton Hicks. They started getting really intense. So this was on December 22nd and my due date was January 8th. And so we always figured, you know, we were kind of preparing for her to be here, like, like either around, Christmas or like a little bit after that. And so December 22nd, like I said, I had gone into labor and I was like, whatever. So my, my in-laws came and picked up my middle daughter and you know, they were going to take her for a couple of days and then she was going to come back and we were going to have Christmas at the house, the four of us, because we figured, okay, the baby probably isn't going to be here. My doctor was right. And so, um, on the night of the 22nd, um, I start, I just, the contractions started getting really intense and I was like, okay, we still don't know if I'm in active labor. I don't want to go, you know, whatever. So I went to the bathroom and I was bleeding. And so I came into, you know, our bedroom and I told my husband, I said, I'm bleeding. And so he immediately jumped up and we went to the emergency room. I was having contractions. I mean, they were like probably every minute I was getting no relief. So we got to the hospital, to the ER, they, you know, checked us in they checked me. They said, you know, cause I think at that point, I think I was like dilated at like one and a half. And that was another thing. Like with my other kids, I had dilated. I was making progress with this one. It was like, nope, you're still at one. You know, I was like, Oh my gosh. So, um, she checked me and she's like, no, you're about one and a half, you know, which is what I was earlier that day. They ran tests. They did ultrasounds. They did, you know, all these different tests. And so, um, they called my doctor. My doctor said, you know, go ahead and admit her. We'll just admit her. And then we'll just, um, monitor her. So she came to see me and she's like, well, I don't know what's going on or why you're bleeding. She goes, but let me, let me just check. And so she checked me and I was at four. She's like, you're in active labor. So that's the reason probably for the bleeding. And so we were like, oh, wow. So we're going to stay. So, um, they admitted us. And so, you know, we were kind of just, you know, hanging out and stuff. And so finally I was able to get my epidural. I mean, at that point I was in so much pain. It was like, this is crazy. I had my COVID test and all this other stuff. So the anesthesiologist came, 
was so thrilled to see her, of course, because I mean, I had gotten no relief. I couldn't even get like any rest. I was exhausted. So she came and administered my um, epidural. And so we were, you know, I was able to kind of get like maybe 30 minutes of rest. They kept coming in and saying, hey, we're going to move you because, you know, baby's heart rate's being funky and things like that. So it was, it was hard to get really good rest because they kept saying like the heart rate was dropping. I was so tired. Like I wasn't really paying really that much attention to it. And then my nurse came in, another nurse came in and they were trying to move me. And then another nurse came in and they were trying to move me. And then another nurse came in and they were trying to move me. At some point there was probably about eight people in the room and they were trying to move me and, you know, trying to, you know, move the, the monitor and just, it was just crazy. And at that point I became very aware that something was kind of wrong. The ER doctor came in um, and she said, let me check you again. She said, well, you're not really progressing that fast. And I said, well, normally, you know, my water doesn't break on its own, you know, in the past. I said, so if you break my water, then, you know, it'll, it'll probably progress faster. So she broke my water. And of course, sure enough, you know, I, I think I had, I had uh, progressed immediately. I think I was from like four to six. So at that point, um, my daughter's heart rate, every time I'd have a contraction, which was, again, was every minute would drop. So at that point, when she broke my water, her heart rate went down to 50 and they were like, we're making the call. We're getting ready to, to take her. And I'm looking at my husband and I immediately start sobbing because I'm like, please God, don't let this baby, don't let me get this far in this pregnancy to be ready for this baby, to have our car seat, you know, prepped, our house prepped, ready for this baby, and she's going to die. And immediately I kept thinking that. And I was like, I, I, like I, I can't. So they're, you know, pulling, taking the brakes off the bed, rolling me down the hall as I'm like crying. And again, at this point, there's probably, there's an additional like two or three people there. So everybody's scrubbing in, getting ready to, you know, to get me where I need to be. We go into the into the, um, to the OR and immediately they just start, they take my mask off. They put my oxygen in. They, do, I mean, they're just doing, I mean, it's just like, it's like NASCAR is what it felt like because there were just so many people just, you know, they knew what their roles were. They knew what they were supposed to be doing, but it just, it felt very chaotic to me. And I felt very uneasy. They noticed that I was kind of upset and they said, you're in good hands. We're going to take care of you. I promise. And I said, okay. And so I wiped my face and then we kind of went from there. My husband scrubbed in and he came in I remember smelling the smell of like burnt flesh. Um, and so, you know, they, they basically, you know, started the, the C-section process and then um, the baby had gotten stuck because she was basically ready to come out of the birth canal. So the, I remember hearing the doctor say, um, Hey, I need somebody to push from the other end so I can get her out. And she was kind of stuck in my pelvic bone. And so they did that and you kind of, you know, feel the, the, the pressure. You don't feel the pain. You just feel the pressure. And so she had called my doctor before we had went in and she said, I'm going to start the C-section process. My daughter, my doctor lives right up the street. And so she basically came in, um, after she had already cut me open and after she'd already taken the baby. Well, apparently, um, unbeknownst to me, I, I started feeling like, um, lightheaded. My husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And he said, what's the matter? I said, I don't feel well. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I, I couldn't breathe. I felt lightheaded. I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I said, but like, it just doesn't feel right. So he tells, you know, the anesthesiologist, Hey, she doesn't feel good. She's feeling lightheaded. She feels like she can't breathe. They said, that's normal. She's supposed to do that. And I kept feeling like, no, it's not. So anyways, they, they 
take the baby. I hear her crying. And as soon as I, cause I was like, is she okay? And my husband, and he's like, yeah, she, yeah, she's okay. And as soon as I hear her crying, I just start sobbing because I'm like, she's here. I can hear her voice. Where is she? I need to, I need to see her. I need to, you know, lay my eyes on her because I always said, I'm not going to be at ease or feel okay until she's in my arms. And I'm sure anybody who's experienced loss can understand that and can relate to that feeling. So my husband's like, he gets up and he goes and sees her and he comes back and sits down. He goes, well, she's so cute. I said, well, take a picture of her because I can't go over there and see her. And we, he kind of laughs. And so he goes over and takes a picture. He comes over and shows me. And I'm like, oh, she's so cute. So anyways, after that, um, they tell him, hey, you know, we're going to, you come with me, dad, we're going to take the baby, you know, and you come with me and they let us take a couple of pictures of the baby. And then they, they took him and they left. And they said, well, she'll be there in a few minutes. And he goes, okay, sounds good. Meaning I'll be back to my room in a few minutes. So I'm in there and I'm dozing in and out of consciousness at this point. So I know something's wrong. I'm like, I'm like at death's door. I'm like, I'm like, not going to make it. Like, this is just, it, it just seems surreal. So in my mind, I'm thinking I didn't have this baby. My husband's going to be stuck taking care of, you know, three kids, a new baby one of them, you know what I mean? And like, I'm not even going to be here to raise my other kids and this new baby. And so I just, you know, that was kept running through my mind. So I just kept praying and trusting God. Um, then they said, okay, well, we got to get blood. So basically all of this is happening. And my doctor comes in, you know, when she comes in and I'm bleeding apparently, and she couldn't figure out why, and you know, it took her a little bit to make it stop. And then I had to have a blood transfusion. So, I mean, all of this is going on, you know, and they kept telling me, you know, we're almost done, we're almost done, but they didn't tell me. And so then after she was done, she, you know, my doctor leans over and she's like, Hey, and again, I'm in and out of consciousness. And so I kind of, you know, come back in, I open my eyes. She's like, open your eyes. And so I open my eyes, but I feel very, very tired. And so she said, you had to have a blood transfusion. She's like, you were bleeding. She's like, and I had to, you know, do what I needed to do to make it stop. And I was like, okay. And she said, so you're, you're doing okay. She said, I'm going to take you back to your room. She's like, but you've experienced a lot. And she was like, just kind of, you know, understand and know that. And I said, okay, no problem. So she wills me back to my room and like, I, she, she's done cause she's got several C-sections. And I remember them, her office telling me that before, um, cause they, that's why I had to come on the 22nd. Cause they were like, okay, her, her day is full on the 23rd. She's in surgery all day. And so I basically cut to the front of the line with, with my emergency situation, which is kind of funny, but, um, so she went to, you know, go to her next case. And so as I'm sitting there or laying there, I should say, um, they're getting me all stitched up and changing my gown and, you know, getting ready to take me to my room. And so we're kind of talking. And so I said, yeah, I said, you know, y'all hurry up. I said, cause you know, I gotta get to that baby. And so they're like, okay, okay, we're going to take you to the room. And so they, will me down the hall. And so, you know, I go, will in my room and I look over to like the little incubator where, you know, the baby should be. And I'm like, where the hell's my baby? And so my husband's like, well, they had to take her to the NICU. And I said, well, what happened? And he's like, you know, her breathing was erratic. And so, you know, they, they took her because she just wasn't breathing, you know, okay. So here I am now fresh out of surgery, excited to see this baby that I had been waiting three years at this point to see, and she's not even here. And then you know, I am 
you know, recovering from major surgery and just like really realizing like how I, how I don't feel good. Like I don't feel good at all. And I can't get up and walk to her and go and see her. And, you know, I just didn't have the strength or the energy to do it. And so anyways, um, she had an NICU stay and she was there the duration of the time we were there. So we ended up being there for, I think it was three or four days. We, she, I had her on the 23rd at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and we left on the 26th. So, I mean, it was just the longest few days of my life. We were there through Christmas, um, which was really hard for, you know, our daughter. Um, she really wanted to see her sister. She really wanted to see us. And, you know, she just didn't understand why she couldn't be with us. And so it was just a really hard time and just recovering, um, has been difficult and everything like that. But, um, I remember when I was actually able to see her, I said, I I need to see her. I need to, you know, I need to touch my daughter. I need to, you know, see her, make sure she's okay. My husband, I went to the NICU to see her and she was hooked up to all these tubes and she just looked really, it was just really scary. Like it really was. It wasn't anything at all that we had expected. We had had, you know, two healthy, natural pregnancies and births and, you know, vaginal birth and they they went as as to be expected and this one was like not at all at we how we expected it to be and so it was just a little different and so anyways um my doctor said yes you know she can go and see her so my nurse wheeled me down to the to the NICU and they handed her to me and they allowed me to do skin to skin and like I was like she's perfect and I just immediately started to sobbing and I held her so close and I was like oh my god and I just started kissing her and and just feeling like this was just what it was supposed to be and this is always how it was supposed to be and you know just feeling grateful that she was here and she was safe and you know and that I didn't have to worry about her anymore and so being pregnant obviously during a pandemic is very different and you know having a baby in a pandemic is very different. And so it's been, it was a wild ride. Um, but we were so grateful that we have her and we named her, we couldn't figure out her name. So for days she didn't have a name and the Nikki was like, well, we like to call, you know, the babies by their names. And so they said, you know, does she have a name yet? No, she didn't have a name. So we finally decided on Adriana face and Adriana was a name that I had loved. All of our kids have, the other kids have A names. And so we always knew that she would have an A name. And so um, Adriana was what we decided on. And then um, Faith is her middle name. And that was because, again, we had trusted God. And we, we knew that, you know, if this was his will, that it would be done. And we trusted his process. And again, we had accepted, you know, that we would potentially be a family of four. And we were kind of okay with that. And we had accepted whatever God's plan was for our life. And so the fact that we left 2020, which was such a hard year for so many people and, you know, and just the pandemic and just life as we know, it has just changed so much um, that we can say that, you know, she was the good that came out of it. It's just a remarkable thing. I feel incredibly blessed to I've given birth to this baby. I feel incredibly blessed to have grown her in my belly. I feel incredibly blessed to look at her every single day. Um, and I feel incredibly blessed that, you know, we're safe and that we made it through that because, you know, like I said, I knew something was wrong when all of that stuff was happening. 
and the recovery was just, oh my gosh, it was, it, it's been, I'm still recovering. I mean, and she is, she's two months, a little over two months and we're, I'm still recovering. She's amazing. She's gained so much weight and she's gotten so, you know, so big. She's alert. She's doing things that like my other kids didn't do. I mean, she's, you know, she's amazing, but I'm still recovering, but she is worth it. And I would do it 10 times over again, if it meant that I could bring her home and, you know, she could be a part of our family. Um, she's been such a blessing and we're just, we're, like I said, we're just incredibly grateful. And, um, we just, we weren't expecting to be able to share this and to be able to share this, you know, update like so quickly. So we're, we're very fortunate to be one of the few people who got pregnant naturally during this pandemic, um, and successfully delivered this baby considering our background and things like that. But I mean, she's, she's amazing. And she looks exactly like our other kids did when they were babies. And she's just, she's just a really awesome awesome addition to our family and so like I said we're so blessed and if if she's the last one and you know we never have any more babies you know she was worth the wait and so we're just very very fortunate to have her so that's kind of just where we are but that's our story I mean we're just crazy that like you know like you said it, we've came full circle at this point and we have been able to say that we I have basically as many living children as I've lost. I mean, which is a crazy thought if you think about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's a weird, like, that's just a weird feeling of it. It is. It, it, it really, it, it really is. Because I mean, if we had a successfully had those, we, we would have been done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was like another thing I thought about. But I mean, it, it happened the way that it was supposed to happen. Yeah. And then and I just keep telling myself that. Or maybe you would have. I don't know. It's so weird because like there's so many different ways to think about angel babies, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Like some people believe that it's the same child coming through each time and some people, you know, it's it's different. For That's everybody. interesting. I, yeah, I, never, yeah. I never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Some people believe that it's the same child trying to come through or the same soul, Aww. I should say. Um, Cause it can come, you know, and boy, girl, whatever, but like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you are, you're already designated to have the children that you have. You know what I mean? It's exactly, it's, it's really interesting to read into actually. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. And your story is amazing. I love it. So good. And you told it beautifully and it was very inspiring. And I just think that you're an awesome human. You're so sweet. Thank it, you so much. I mean, for... You literally have a baby on your boob while you're sharing your update story. I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it's. I mean, this is mom life, and like you said, we we share the raw, and we this is this is what it really is. You know what I mean? And so, thank you for for letting me have this conversation with you while she's on my boob. You know. <laughs> uh, now, if someone wants to reach out to you, Joy, where could they do so? So on Instagram, I'm at um, 511 Fit Mom. And then um, if you want to send me an email, I'm at joyatucker04 at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joy. And congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the Life After Miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. This one.